It's official. The United States Supreme Court has ruled Roe is dead. Roe is dead. And I'm standing here three days later, and Roe has not risen from the grave. You're listening to The Mark Harrington Show. We're coming to you live from the United States Supreme Court. Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can donate to our work by going to createdequal.org. We're standing right in front of the United States Supreme Court. Today is June 27th, 2022, three days since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization case and overturned Roe v. Wade. I thought I'd never see the say, say the words. Roe is dead, and I am standing in front of the Supreme Court with my good friend Jonathan Van Maren from the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. Jonathan, if you just reminded me, we were here in 2013 at Obama's inauguration. He's coming by. We're holding up our signs, and frankly, I never thought we'd see this day. I've been at this 25 years full-time now, This uh, the 25 years in the, the summer of 1997 is when I started full-time, and I've you know, I thought it would end in five years and then five became 10 and 10 became 15 and then 20 or whatever. And then it was, you know, was this ever going to happen? And it happened. So give us your reactions to what has taken place. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And so we were here Saturday night. We yep. came here while the corpse of Roe was still fresh to watch yep. all the protesters <laughs> kind of come in and yelling. Yeah. And, and my email's filling up with like abortions canceled in Alabama, abortions canceled in Texas. The Texas yep. AG says, praise the Lord, abortion's illegal in Texas. And it, it feels like morning in America. It feels yeah, it man. feels like a new country. It feels like all the things that we talked about at strategy meetings and, yeah. and hoped and prayed for has actually taken place. And I think it's going to take weeks before it fully settles in, eh? I know. You know, I, I had that very phrase on the on my mind this morning. Ronald Reagan, I don't remember, it was the election in 1980, I think. Yeah. Might have been 84 when he said it's morning in America. And it came to my mind this morning. I thought, yes, it is. In fact, this is bigger than Ronald Reagan, of course, being reelected president. But this is huge, man. I mean, you think about the implications of this nationwide. Uh, just to be clear, of course, abortion is not illegal. People, you need to understand, this just gives the states, which they already had the authority, but now the states are free to do what they wish, that is to ban abortion, regulate abortion. Our ultimate goal, obviously, is a human life amendment, the U.S. Constitution. We tried it in the 1980s. We didn't get it done. But now we have that opening. We have that possibility of evil starting on that pathway of actually outlawing abortion across the United States of America. Well, taking this from a, from a national level for a minute and looking globally, this isn't just an American victory because Amen. America is the world's greatest superpower and the most prominent Western democracy. And for the first time in the history of the sexual revolution, something that has been done has been undone. The psychological blow this does to those who have been running society for a half century is unprecedented. It's why like the rage is born out of helplessness. They thought the arc of the moral universe was long and it bent towards the world that they were creating around us. And then for the first time since abortion regimes begin cropping up across the Western world, You've got a 6-3 decision from the world's greatest superpower saying abortion is not a constitutional right. In those words, Amen. you've got abortion activists in Africa saying this what? is going to hurt us yeah. in Africa. You've Absolutely. got pro-life leaders and abortion leaders in Latin America and South America saying right. all of our gains are threatened by this overturn. Right. You've got these people like Boris Johnson of the UK, right, the prime minister, who says this is a big step back. 
it's a big step back specifically for men like him. He got his mistress an abortion earlier in his career. So it's yeah. a big step back for, for, for garbage men like him who want to ensure that they can use women however they want. So the global implications of this are huge because America leads the way. The, se right. the sexual revolution began here That's right. and it may well end here. That's right. That's so true. You know, the, the, the sim it's symbolic in, in the sense mm -hmm. that Americans wake up now thinking Roe is no longer the law of the land. Maybe there's something wrong with abortion. Uh, states are passing laws yeah. to ban it, making it illegal. Oh, maybe this isn't moral. Maybe this isn't right. It's not a constitutional right. It was just the idea of Roe being overturned yeah. will save lives because the message is being sent to people, you know, take that pause now. It's like, oh, maybe abortion is not a good thing. Maybe it shouldn't be uh, legal and maybe I shouldn't have an abortion. Yeah. So it, it, we don't even know the implications no. of that on public opinion over the next weeks, months and even years. We can only hope that it's going to lead to a a real decrease in support of abortion almost has to. Yep. If you look at when the gay marriage decision came down here in yep. 2015, you know, Americans were split. But once that came through the U.S. Supreme Court, it's like, oh, if it's split. legal, it's moral. And I, so I want to make that point because this has a lot to do with what you've been doing and the other pro-life leaders, some of whom are here today, yeah. have been doing for all these years is that. When, when Obergefell came down, it's true, the majority of Americans opposed same-sex marriage. Right. Uh, you know, California had voted by popular vote right. to keep same-sex marriage out. And then suddenly we have a flip and 60% yeah. of Americans are like, fine, it's okay. Right. But with, with abortion, though, because of the work of the pro-life movement over the past decades, year after year in 1991, when Gallup started pulling on this issue, every right. year more Americans declared themselves pro-life. Like this victory was made literally possible in so many ways by the work Create Equal does, by the work CBR does, by right. the work our friends at Survivors do, like all of these grassroots organizations, because unlike all these other things, like same-sex marriage, abortion was legalized. And instead of the majority of Americans saying, okay, law's a moral teacher, I right. guess it's okay. Instead, because of the tens of thousands who took to the streets, abortion transformed the politics of the American Republic, Amen. transformed the, the politics, right? Almost everything that happened in the last 30 years in American politics all boils down to the decision that got overturned on Friday. That's exactly right. You know, I was standing in the steps of our state house where in 2011 we introduced the first heartbeat bill. And I stood there with Janet Porter and we were saying this is this is aimed directly at the heart of Roe versus Wade. And at the time we had no idea what the implications of that were. But over the 10 years, we've seen this hopper being filled with pro-life legislation, restricting and banning abortion. Yeah. The Supreme Court could no longer ignore right. the avalanche yeah. of pro-life legislation. The they said we, we had to, they had to do something or forced to do it. And now, thankfully, it's no longer excuse an excuse, which pro-lifers have used it as an excuse. They have. Oh, yeah. They said, oh, we need to bend the knee to Roe. We need to. Do we, we need to fit within the regime of Roe v. Wade if we're going to pass laws. No longer is that a barrier. It's out of the way. And every law that kind of came through another hairline crack in Roe v. Wade, yeah. slowly but surely, until right. we started to hear this this great cracking roar that culminated this weekend. Yeah. It's still surreal, man. It like I'm, I'm so glad to be out here with all of you guys today. Well, you know, we're getting to celebrate. I want to make something clear, and, and, and I know he hasn't gotten a whole lot of credit for this, and there are others, but Donald John Trump. I mean, if I could, if you were here today, I'd give him a big bear hug, man. I mean, because, and, and frankly, you know, the odds of three justices that he put on the court were going to overturn Roe. That, I mean, if you look at you other presidents, no, it. I mean, other presidents, good pro-life presidents have put up justices. We thought they were good pro-life justices. And then they turned, you know, someone went the other way. Yeah. These three did not. No. They stayed home, man. It was amazing. And we also have to thank Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
<laughs> I'm sorry, but we just have to. I'm Ruth sorry. Sent, Ruth, sent, Ruth sent us. <laughs> I mean, Ruth sent us. I mean, the, 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 the timing of her passing in the final year of Donald Trump's uh, uh, presidency and then, the you know, putting Amy Coney Barrett on the court was really the tipping point. Sometimes the uh, inner machinations of Providence become very obvious. And it, that was the case there. We had a conversation. Actually, I was here uh, for Trump's inauguration. You were here, too, were you not? Yeah, yeah so I was, right. of course. The Woman's March. Of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Of not, as, not as supporters. No. Of course. Um, <laughs> no. But that is actually another thing. Is when we, I remember we talked about this when Brett Kavanaugh and, and Neil Gorsuch and stuff were confirmed. I just want to thank all the abortion protesters for what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. Because I think he went from a squish to a guaranteed vote afterwards we said that afterwards right like they, yeah. they basically made his life hell they called him a gang rapist they went after him and if he wasn't an anti-roe vote before that i think that might have changed his mind and in the leak too i mean it backfired if that was meant to 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 give these guys pause on their their uh you know their convictions to to overturn roe it backfired big time if nothing else it galvanized them to say we're not going to cave to pressure and i, I appreciate that from our justices here that, that said, and listen, we're going to do the right thing irrespective of what happens in the streets or the public opinion and all that. So, I mean, it was it's a, a monumental day. Again, we're in front of the U.S. Supreme Court here live on Monday, June 27. We're here with our team this week. We planned it in the event that this would take place. We missed it by a day. <laughs> we missed it by a day. But we're going to be out on the street all week. We're going to be at the White House. We're going to be, uh, 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 you know, during at the, in the mall. We're going to be all over the city. Uh, reaching people because our work has not ended. In fact, it's just begun. This is the end of the beginning, as Winston Churchill famously said. Mm -hmm. No, that, that's exactly right. All the things that were imp impeding us from getting getting what we wanted have now been removed out of the way. Mm -hmm. And the only other comment I have with the Supreme Court, any comments you have on this, Mark, would be interesting, is, is Ju Chief Justice John Roberts. We talked about this on Saturday night. The thing that is so strange to me is that of all the justices, of all their records, he was the only one that seemed like a shoe-in from his resume before his appointment, right? Yep. He filed he filed the brief on behalf of the H.W. Bush administration asking for the overturn of Roe. Yep. He defended Operation Rescuers who were, who were blockading abortion yep. clinics. His wife worked for Feminists for Life. Yep. And as a pro bono legal counsel for years, even after she was no longer the, uh, the vice executive director. And and he didn't go all the way. Yep. He didn't go all the way. He, he wanted to uphold Dobbs, but he, he didn't want to all the way overturn well, Roe. What, what I appreciate now, though, he's no longer the swing vote. I and mean, we have yeah. five solid conservatives now yeah. on the court. So... It doesn't depend on Justice Roberts as much as he wants to keep the institution of the Supreme Court together and the integrity of the court, which I respect very much. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you, you know, you have to be a squish, you know, and kind of figure out some political way of, of meeting everybody halfway, which is what he attempted to do here in Roe v. Wade or in Dobbs v. Jackson and was and was stopped from doing that, obviously. So, again, we're coming from the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm with Jonathan Van Maren, and we are here marking the historic day of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, I'm here with Mark Lee Dixon from Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn. And, Mark, you were here that morning, weren't you? <laughs> the 20, what, what was the date now? 24, June 24, infamous date now, 2022. You were here right in front of the U.S. Supreme Court on these steps when the uh, decision came down. I want to get your impressions of that moment. You know, I've seen some video. I missed it by one day. Dang it. But, you know, we were in Columbus with our team. We got to celebrate together as well. So we had our moment together. What was it like to be here, man? It was incredible. And just like at the Dobbs hearing, we outnumbered them, I think, uh, three to one at least. 
uh, that the community here was strong. People were celebrating. There was dancing in the streets. As there should be. I mean, this is a huge, huge thing. And to understand the gravity of this, I mean, we're looking at 49 years of, of Roe, but it's bigger than that. I mean, we're, we're talking about a, a paradigm shift in American democracy, really, where the attempts are being taken, thank God, by this, uh, by this uh, court to return power back to the people, not unelected judges, not the Congress of the United States, which are mostly made up of a bunch of elitists who don't represent the people. You're on the ground with the Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn or, uh, 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 initiative. And you talk about you know, public opinion. You talk about public policy at the local level. Tell me what this means for that initiative. Well, we're going to keep on going. Obviously, this decision did not outlaw abortion coast to coast. And so right. we've got to keep on keeping on. Right. Uh, there are several uh, cities out there and states that we're very interested in. We're not going to stop in Texas. Uh, there's interest right now from a council member in Amarillo, Texas. And hey, if they want to pass an ordinance, there are things in these ordinances that aren't covered in state law. And so we know that illegal abortions happened prior to Roe v. Wade. And so we want to put as many tools in the hands of the people as possible, even in states with total bans. Well, what's interesting here is you're, we are already seeing states coming online, making abortion illegal, heartbeat bills being enforced. That's going to happen in a lot of red states. But in some blue states, right, where you have abortion still legal, a local uh, city can pass an ordinance, right? I mean, I know you're working mostly in the red states. Explain the strategy of the Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn uh, uh, initiative and why now it's more important than ever. Absolutely. Well, right now, look at Nebraska, for instance. Nebraska is a divided state, uh, not completely red, has a blue dot. and But we're seeing Lincoln, Nebraska, has made some horrible decisions. People rose up and kicked back some on some of the horrible decisions their council made, but people have to get involved at the local level. They have to pay attention to their mayor, city council, school board is, because that's the avenues that these this kind of thinking comes in that liberalizes their, their cities. And so it is important for cities to stand up. Uh, we need to see action in Nebraska. We need to see action from the point of conception in Iowa. We need to see action in Florida. And these states right now, Florida is not protected. Uh, Nebraska is not protected. Uh, and we, we've got to see action there. We well, also you know, have to see action in Colorado. Colorado State has passed a law that forbids cities from passing ordinances outlawing abortion. But we're going to see cities outlaw abortion in Colorado one way or the other. You know, one of the things I appreciate about what you did, and I know it all was the Lord, you know, he was the one responsible for it, was the idea that individual cities could take ownership over their own communities. And that led to this notion of taking private uh, action, right, which was different. And that's one of the things I would begin be, to be very uh, encouraged and optimistic that the U.S. Supreme Court was going to overturn Roe when they didn't interfere with the Texas heartbeat law, which was patterned after the sanctuary cities for the unborn ordinances, right? Absolutely. So they, they shared a common ancestry, of course. The sanctuary city ordinances paved the way for the Texas Heartbeat Act. Right. We already had an idea of what was going to uh, the heartbeat 
bill was going to look like. In fact, uh, when I first met with Senator Hughes, who I saw here earlier yeah, today, there, yeah. uh, Senator Hughes asked Jonathan Mitchell in our first meeting, uh, Jonathan, do you think we could do with the Wascom ordinance what we're planning on doing with the Texas heartbeat bill? And I said, well, what are you planning on doing the Texas heartbeat bill? And of course they told me. And so uh, the success of that in many ways, uh, I think the court realized, well, they have already successfully stopped abortion in Lubbock, Texas. They've already successfully stopped abortion from the point of heartbeat in Texas from, from, these, uh, from this Heartbeat Act. And they realized that we didn't need Roe v. Wade to be overturned to stop abortion. Right. And so one way or the other, we were going to stop abortion. And I think they realized that the time was, was there for well, them to just yeah, go ahead. And one abortion. of many, but I think it was such a huge, it had a huge impact on the country, paving the way for the ultimate overturning of Roe versus Wade. Again, my, my guest here is Mark Lee Dixon from Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn. And you can check out their website at sanctuarycitiesfortheunborn.com. If you want to become a sanctuary city, get a hold of Mark. All right, I'm now here with Isaac Bueller, who's on staff with Created Equal. And the reason why I wanted to finish the program with Isaac is because Isaac rep represents a demographic that is going to be here long after I'm around. And I hope and pray that there's a whole wave of the younger generation that is being raised up to see this finished and done and completing the task because we haven't finished it. We've just turned the page on a major chapter. But I want to get your impression as someone who's new to the battle. I mean, a couple of years in it now. What's your sense of this? What, what, how did you feel when you heard the news? It was different than I expected, honestly. I didn't think it was going to hit me so hard, but it was, so it was Friday morning. We all got the news. It was, we were at our day of action training. Um, Maya and I were just in the back washing dishes. And then our coworker, Evangeline, comes in and tells us, she said, I don't know, it was something big. It was clearly something big. So we come out and find out and boy, did it hit me. I just started crying right there. Felt like I was going to fall down. It was a joyous, joyous thing. So all glory be to God. So, I mean, being in it as you have for several years, uh, I mean, did you ever, I mean, you, you grew up with Roe. I mean, you were lived with it all along. Did you ever think this would happen? Genuinely, I did not. I always hoped, of course, and we always talked about the possibility, but I never thought I would actually see this day. So I think that was part of like when it just hit me. It was like we, you know, we had the leak before. I don't think it hit me as hard then. And I knew it was probably going to happen. But I guess it just still hadn't quite hit me that we were going to be living in a post-Roe um, yeah. era now. Yeah. So waking yeah. Praise up. be to God because all the glory goes to him, honestly. I mean, we just did our duty. I hope you know millions of pro-life Americans did their duty. God brought us the results, and irrespective. The, front, the bottom line is this. If Roe would have never been overturned on Friday, we would still be here, and we would be fighting forward. We would never give up, never give up. So, Isaac, I mean, as we look forward to the years and months and all that ahead of time, uh, you know, how do you see the battle? Well, this should serve an, as an encouragement to just keep fighting. It's not a time to, you know, stop fighting. We should celebrate, of course. We should take time to celebrate yeah. and to be encouraged, but it's an encouragement to keep going, right. right? This gives us an opportunity now to see state by state abortion being illegalized, and there's no excuse now, really. Again, my guest has been Isaac Bueller with our staff. Isaac, thanks for being here and marking this day. 
All right, folks, I want you to take action today and how you can help out and get in the fight is to support Created Equal financially, if possible. Go to createdequal.org. Give us a gift. We're on the front lines of the abortion wars for sure. You're here in Washington this week. A lot of people cautioned us, said, don't come to Washington. Of all places, don't come to Washington. I said, that's the very place we need to be because that's where abortion is being debated at this very moment. It's in the news. We're unafraid of that kind of, uh, of situation. We take precautions, but we are unafraid. We are unashamed. We are not going to cede to the enemy the public square just because of the threats of crazy individuals and groups like Jane's Revenge. So we're here in Washington, and if you want to support us, go to createdequal.org, donate, slash donate. The other thing is spread the news of the Mark Harrington Show. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can share it, uh, and you can leave a five-star review. And let me just finish with a word to my friends, my dear friends who consider themselves abolitionists on abortion. I want to let you know we are in like mind. We always have been on what happened behind here. We have never believed that Roe v. Wade was legit. I have always said that Roe v. Wade was not constitutional. I have never bent the knee to it, nor has the movement. We just chose to work through the courts to try to bring it down. And now that it's down, now that it's dead, we have removed that impediment as far as pro-lifers saying that they have Roe v. Wade has to be overturned to do the right thing. That no longer is the case. It shouldn't have been a reason before. It's not a reason now, for sure, because it's been removed. So we have that in common. So let's work together to pass laws and legislation, bills in state legislatures, referendums on the state constitutions to protect the unborn from conception, uh, equal protection bills. Uh, Wrote th this decision of Dobbs v. Jackson did not go far enough, okay? It did not go far enough. I think we all recognize that. The U.S. Supreme Court should have recognized what our founders believed when they penned the 5th and 14th Amendment that include all persons born and unborn. They didn't recognize that. I wish it would have gone that far. I wish abortion was illegal across the country with a ruling like that, but it didn't happen at least we have this where it can be sent back to the state legislatures. We hope there's a day that the U.S. Supreme Court does come down on the side of life and, and recognize personhood from conception in those two amendments and thus outline abortion across the country. But in, in the time between then and now and then, in the meantime, we can work state by state by state to save lives and protect unborn babies, ultimately leading to an amendment to the U.S. Constitution if that's necessary to protect the unborn. I know it's a high and tall order. It's going to be very difficult to pull off, but we're going to do our best to do it. So it starts in your state by outlawing abortion and then working towards a constitutional amendment, which would take three-quarters of the states to ratify, and two-thirds of the U.S. Constitution or the U.S. Congress to propose it. So it's a long day ahead, I mean, a long fight ahead of us, but we are ready and able to go for it, and we need you guys to join us. We can't do this alone. Everybody can have a stake in this battle now. It's not nine justices on the Supreme Court. It's not a president of the United States. 
It's not federal elections. Now it's your local and state elections that matter. And so you can really have an impact now like never before because now the authority is now the state at the state level. So I exhort you, get involved, join us. You can, we will support you and help you to take our resources out into the public square. You can go to our website at createdequal.org, click on the uh, store. We have signs and pamphlets, all kinds of resources, and we will assist you in conducting the type of outreach that we conduct around the country using abortion victim photography, the same type of photography that's being used here in the front of the U.S. Supreme Court today. We can help you take this out into the public square, whether it be a college, a high school, your city square. That's what we're here to do. Uh, and we want to see this spread across America so one day every single baby will be protected in law and loved in life. So thank you for joining us. Again, Mark Harrington here coming to you from the United States Supreme Court on June 27th, three days after the Roe versus Wade decision. And I can authoritatively tell you that Roe is dead. And three days later, Roe did not raise from the grave. Roe is still dead even today. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.